From the Dice Abide Live studios, it's Late Night War Games with your hosts, Adam and John. CJ, thank you. And hello, everyone. I am Adam, but you know me as the Dice Abide. And I'm John, also known as Wise Kensai. And tonight, we're joined by Santa Willett. Hey! (laughs) Tis the season, boys. Tis the season. (laughs) No, no, no. Tis. Tis the season. Season. Tis. You're right, John. That's what I said. Uh, No, no, you said it's. Unacceptable. Tis. Wrong, Wrong order. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got to switch them all around. <laughs> oh man! Well, welcome back. Happy to have you. Thank you. I'm and, happy uh, to be here. I'm extremely uh, thrilled by your your choice of of uh, costume. <laughs> this is what I wear to bed because it's <laughs> very late. It's way past my bedtime. <laughs> oh man! Well, uh, what are you drinking tonight? Will it? Ooh, I'm having an apple cider. Perfect and thematic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also would have accepted yeah. eggnog. Oh man, you know what happened was I got the apple cider and it was like, dang. And like just I was like, making it, I was like, oh my God, I love eggnog. I wish I had eggnog. How <laughs> <I laughs> about you, John? What are you having tonight? I'm having some Toki whiskey because it felt like that kind of night. Mm. Oh, you're having a uh, some Toki in a nice glass. Yes, that is what I'm doing. Um, I'm enjoying my like longtime favorite beer, an Anchor Steam from San Francisco, and I used to drink an, enough of this that multiple bars, like bar, the bartenders at multiple bars, knew to just pour that for me right away. And uh, at this one bar, Doc's Clock in San Francisco, they were friends of the distributor, and they would they would tell me like when a keg had been filled that day, so I would get to like get the first sips of a keg. That is less than twenty four hours old. Of Anchor that's Steam. awesome. I really like Anchor Steam. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Gentlemen, cheers. 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 Bottoms up. Oh my goodness! I still love this beer. Hmm. <laughs> All right, John. Why don't we kick it off some news? Let's do it. All right. So just a reminder, we've only got a few more days left in the year. So if you feel like giving yourself a Christmas present, a.k.a. a handicap in a game of Infinity, uh, go ahead and play with uh, Swick 3 or uh, Burst 3 Weapons. All the details on bromedacademy.com. Write in, let us know how it went. This is all due to Tim, the crazy nomad, so you can blame Tim, literally. Uh, and they played a... Uh, zero Swick tournament over in Germany a couple of months ago, and so this got slotted into the Bromant Academy queue, and here we are now. Uh, so that's happening. If you are interested in painting some up, something up, or you're rapidly trying to finish it before the holidays are up, um, go ahead and paint up something to be included in a diorama, and basically take a picture of an Infinity model painted up, uh, one model, and you can put whatever you want around it. it doesn't have to be Infinity related, but just like tell a story, uh, get creative. You have uh, we try to. Make it as open-ended as possible, so all of you, those, uh, all, all of you folks out there who are painting motorcycles right now, um, you can do that thing and do some sweet ramp jumps with your motorcycle. So those are those are things to to pay attention to. Um, we've got a mission till the end of the uh, the the year, which is drones and airstrikes and heavy gear blitz. So if you can take those things, take those things and try it out, right? So airstrikes for all of us uh, benevolent CEF overlords coming to rescue the day at Terra Nova. <laughs> 
and drones for all of the uh, mindless drones that need our help on Terra Nova. Yeah, right. There you go. That's how drone, it works. Drone warfare is bad. We'll just use airstrikes. It's fine. Uh, and then, of course, we've got our um, lovely TTS tournament still running, uh, and it is now high ground. Uh, it's going to finish out very soon, and we'll have the results for everybody probably in the new year or maybe uh, before next like uh, next episode. We'll see. We'll see how fast we can collate everything and talk about it. But that's we'll the see how quickly Frank's uh, Frank's opponent shows up. There you go. That's that's the real thing. Um, okay, let's see what else we got. Um, in Patreon news, we've got this lovely yeah. Avatars of War. <laughs> the they're mounted barbarian, so they've been putting out amazing, uh, totally old school '80s barbarian sculpts in digital, and uh, it looks like to to finish it off or just to keep it going, they've put out an incredible uh, barbarian mounted on Sabretooth. Totally not He-Man on Battle Cat. Do not. Mm. That, that would be a, a copyright infringement for sure, but holy hell, that model looks awesome. It is pretty darn cool. It, it, he kind of reminds me of a mix of He-Man with Conan. Yeah, totally. It is a slightly more badass Prince Adam. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. No, super cool. I, I kind of wish I had some use for it because I want it. What else we got from Patreon? Oh, so Forest Dragon just started doing their preview for the January releases for Chaos. I think that's actually going to wrap up Chaos before they move on to their next uh, Warmaster army. Yeah, one, and... of, one of us is sub to Forest Dragon, right? Just making sure. Yeah, I am. Great, excellent. <laughs> I, I will keep that. I'm, I'm using our Patreon funds for that, so okay, I'll keep that great. one going. Great, 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 great. Yeah, no, they're, his sculpts are just amazing. And I really like this because it kind of takes some cues from the, the new Archeon sculpt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, the pose, but it is the classic uh, two-headed, like old-school Warhammer Fantasy uh, dragon head design. So I really appreciate where he went with that. Yeah, that looks really cool. I'm excited to get it and uh, smush your guys with it. Oh my god, me play some Warmaster Man. I know. Right? And then <laughs> speaking of guys to smush, uh, Punga yeah. has showed off the second half of their. Hungry Piranhas, nautical-themed halfling team, and I, it, they look awesome. I mean, as all the Punga sculpts continue to come out, they, they keep looking great. How uh, many nautical personal... teams do they have now? They have the, the these ones. They have the Pirates, right? Yeah, they have the, the Pirate. The, well, the, there's the Vampire there's Buccaneers. Yeah, there's actually two Skaven uh, nautical-themed, because there's also the Cursed Crew. Sure. Did you say okay. they're Vampire Buccaneers? Yes. Yes. Are you sure they're not called Vampirates? That is what my team is called. Vampirates? Yeah. Sadly. Yep. No. They are. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so my, my, the, only, like, the only disappointment I have, like I think the designs all look great, is that I wish the tree men were a little bit more inspired instead of literally like a tree that found an, an anchor. anchor. Um, well, one's a boat. Mm-hmm. The boat one I like. I like that one more. I was really hoping for like more of like a coral man or like a seaweed man. Oh sure. But, yeah. But those are pretty fair. minor complaints. So, I mean, he's got he's got a life preserver on him. That kind of redeems it a little bit. And the oh. boatman has seaweed for beard. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So it it looks yeah, it's a tree man that's been drowned. I mean, what it is. I I feel confident in your ability to fix this problem. You can just sculpt on some coral, <laughs> paint it up with some. Do you I know, need a third halfling team? That's the real question. Well, I mean, you need to. You, you haven't done. I haven't beaten somebody with halflings until you've beaten them with all of your halfling teams. 
Oh, that's true. I think that's that's definitely true. Well, John, as soon as you want to 3D print these for me, uh, <laughs> I'll get on them. Right. But, there you no, go. my favorite is, is the one with the with the accordion at the bottom there. Yep. Yep. Fantastic. So yeah, some good 3D sculpts. But otherwise, a pretty quiet week on news, except we've got some big Kickstarter news. We do. It's true. Uh, what could it be? It is. Oh, Aeon Ancient Greece. There we are. There it is. So uh, this is the gold foil cover of Aeon Ancient Greece Volume 2. So last time I was here, we talked about Volume 1. That was very successful. Uh, We shipped it around the world. It went to uh, Europe. It went to Australia and New Zealand. So that's actually pretty exciting that there's players out there that have it on their bookshelves that they're on the other side of the planet. Um, so volume one had kind of like a a zero level adventure to it. Volume two has what are called patrons. So in Dungeon Crawl Classics, if you're a wizard, uh, you would have uh, a patron. You can make bond with this elder being that will bestow upon you knowledge and you roll the dice to ask him for help. So uh, what I did was I created something similar for Greek gods. Because when I was running the game uh, with my playtesters, they're constantly like, can't Zeus help me right now? And I'm like, "Uh, no, help yourself, man. (laughs) Um, But, you know, Dungeon Crawl Classics has actually a mechanic for this already that already exists. So what I did is uh, you have the Olympian gods that you can call upon. And basically anybody can do this, not just wizards for this, uh, this special Olympian patron. You only use it once per game, once per um, party. Like, you all have to agree to use this now. Uh, once per then, session or, like, once per... Uh, once per session. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. You, okay. Like, you all have to agree, like, now's the time. We need Zeus right now. We can't do this alone. Okay. Then um, there are also more traditional wizard patrons of Morpheus, Hecate... Uh, goddess of witches, Morpheus, god of dreams, and Nyx, goddess of night. So those are more uh, traditional for your wizard, and you can also become tainted by asking them for help too much. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing in this ad- adventure or this uh, module is a sequel to the Labyrinth of Daedalus, which was the zero level adventure um, in volume one. That one focused on the Minotaur and his labyrinth. This one goes deeper into the labyrinth where you learn more about uh, Daedalus. What's he been up to? Uh, Daedalus has found a way to extend his life unnaturally. So he's significantly older than he should be. And he's obsessed with bringing his son Icarus back to life. It is his great obsession. Um, So he does this by cloning Icarus. And all of his Icarus clones are failures. So they're each numbered off. This is Icarus six and seven pictured here. They're conjoined twins. Um, I love this piece of art. Thank you. So all the artwork is also done by me. So uh, I I drew the cover and I I draw all the interior art. This one illustrates one of the uh, traps that we created, uh, which was inspired by, uh, have you ever seen Hideshi's Hideshi's Castle? Also known as uh, MXC. Oh, is that, that's, is that the Japanese game, game show? 
Yes, it's a Japanese game show where contestants like run through obstacles. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they have like okay. they have to, like jump on the spinning platform and yes, like get knocked absolutely. off or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Most extreme el elimination challenge. Yes, that's the one. That's the one. I watched it with my son, and he thought it was hilarious. And there was one in particular where they had to like walk up this plank. And I'm like, that's not so hard. And then people start throwing like boulders at them, and I was like, oh, that's a lot harder. So that's literally the trap. You have to make your way across this plank, and you're like, oh, this is so easy. And then Icarus six and seven show up, and they're like, hey, you're not supposed to be here. You're not supposed to be here. And they start throwing rocks at you. <laughs> Um, so there you see the guy who got domed falling down yeah. into the yep. pit. Yep. Or the other guy is about to get domed. Yep. And it's like such a simple thing, but yeah. um, it really sucks. Well, you're, you're level zero. I mean, like, you know, yeah. it's, it's one thing to be this, you know, the, this leveled up mighty warrior. It's another thing to be like, I'm just a regular dude trying to walk across like a two foot I, wide post and somebody's throwing big rocks at me. This sucks. I'm, I'm literally an illiterate peasant and here I am. About to get hit head with a rock. Yeah, it's, it's over very a bottomless pit. Right. Yes, please just stop. <laughs> so, uh, um, so that's that's just a taste of the adventure. Uh, like I say, it gets a lot weirder. Uh, Daedalus is kind of like, for me as a as a villain, his motivation is bring his son back to life, but it's not necessarily out of a place of love. It's it's like to prove that he can do this. He is the smartest person sure. in existence. Oh sure. He's not a wizard. Nothing that he does is magical. If anything, everything he does is science fictional, because he's literally just super smart. So here he is living in the in the um, labyrinth. Hmm. So yeah, this book is uh, twice as long as the first volume. First volume was about thirty six pages. This was about sixty four pages. Uh, it also has over twice as many pieces of art. This one has uh, 17 pieces of art that's that I drew out. Thanks. That's so many. Well, I'm looking forward to it. It's been doing well so far. And yeah, if if, if you're into role-playing games, especially uh, unique takes on them. It's true. <laughs> uh, I actually had uh, someone who ran the adventure. So with the zero-level funnel, for those who aren't familiar, you start with a bunch of zero-level characters. And you basically feed them into the dungeon. Whoever survives, that's going to be your character now. Yeah. Um, so a guy messaged me saying that he ran the, the funnel and had a total party kill. His entire party died. Oh, no. And he's like, but, but that's okay. No, no, no. That's good. That means that this dungeon's doing its job. Right. This is not a game where you're like, oh, yeah, we want to hold your hand. And this character that you spent all this time building dies. No, it just means you got to play harder. I mean, uh, literally, you made a, a pad of disposable character sheets. That's right. That's right. Um, so uh, some of the add-ons for this Kickstarter, we, we have those disposable character sheets that you can just give someone a new one. But we also created uh, stickers. Oh, good. So scroll up. Just a little bit. Yep. Down to the sticker. This thing? Yeah. Yeah. So this uh this is a sticker that you can stamp onto their character sheet when their character dies. Oh amazing. And you can label where did they die? Mm -hmm. Um so this I also drew this. Um oh, that's great. And there's little uh coins on the eyes. Yeah. Yes. So that he can give those to the ferryman, Caron. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um so you can get a stack of stickers. And scroll down. So there's the stickers there done by our printer. Um, and then we also have the Minotaur. So 
I love <laughs> minotaurs and I wanted a minotaur miniature. Um, early on, my, my partner and I, Haroon, he's the one at Sharktopus Games who basically is the producer. He produces this whole thing. And we teamed up with a digital sculptor from Nikki's Hatchery. His real name is Nikki Dimchev. Okay. Nikki Dimchev. And he has uh, his own sculpting business called Nikki's Hatchery where he makes monsters and things like that. And he sculpted us this minotaur. And uh, <clears throat> Oh, I, can, I get it now. Uh, Nikki's Hatchery. All right. I'm yes. <laughs> I was a little slow on the uptake there. Um, so he's, he sculpted this minotaur. And then um, you can either purchase the STL, in which case you can 3D print it however way you want, or you can uh, purchase the resin print. And Haroon, who has a resin print printing business, he prints miniatures I for see. people. I yeah, see. over on Sharktopus Games, you can purchase some of the, um, like you were talking about War Master, that's like the 10 millimeter mm -hmm. tiny guys. So he does a lot of those. So if you're interested in War Master, but you don't have a 3D printer like me, Haroon is your friend mm -hmm. with a 3D printer who will 3D print it for you and he'll mail it to you. So um, oh, we'll do great. the same thing for <laughs> a, a you. A minitar. You should call it a minitar. As a minotaur miniature? Yeah. Yeah. So this guy will do that for you. Uh, I'm still waiting to get mine from Haroon. He's going to mail it to me. He also just had, gave, his wife gave birth to twins Monday. Oh, yeah. He's busy. Oh, yeah. holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, he's busy. So I'm waiting for that to cool down so he can mail me mine. Sure. I'm going to paint him like he's holding a Greek guy because I have these Greek miniatures. He's going to like hold like bits of one. Like he like ripped it in half. It's going to be great. Gotcha, gotcha. So it looks like it works well for FDM if you don't have resin. This is one that my brother 3D printed. Oh, nice. My brother just got himself a 3D printer literally like for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And he was like, send me the, send me the STL. And so I sent him a copy of it and he just printed it off looks like great. that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what size it is. I think it's roughly the same size. This one is 65. The resin one is 65 millimeters. That's mm -hmm. how big we wanted it to be. So he's like, he's going to be like chunky, but that big. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited to paint him. He's going to have like blood on gore on his hands. Nice. <laughs> sort of like juggernaut ripping Deadpool in half sort of situation. And this Minotaur is also based on the one that I drew uh, on the cover of volume one. So mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. his horns are shaped like uh, what is called the uh, Minoan Riton. The Minoan Riton is a um, a sculpture that we have that the Minoans made. We don't know why. Could be just decorative. Could be religious. Who knows? But it had these like very unique golden horns that I loved mm -hmm. the the way. Instead of like coming out on the sides, yeah, like, or more like what you think a bull's horn would look like, they're like go. tall. Yeah, and I was like, that's so unique. And then this drawing that I did here is based off a. I, I posed myself, so he's based on me. And the little person he's holding who shot him in the chest, there's a little arrow poking out, is uh, mm -hmm. my daughter. I'm holding my daughter upside down. And, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm shaking her. And then I kind of use that to get the, the shape of him. So, I made him fatter. So like this thing? Look. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. There it is. Upward, upward horns. Yeah, yeah. So we don't know why they made this, but the Minoans, that's where uh, we're located on Crete. That's where the labyrinth is located. Mm -hmm. uh, 
according to mythology. Minotaur, King Minos, uh, Minos, and uh, the Minoans. They all get their names from that guy. Got it. Very cool. little history lesson there. Yeah. So that's awesome. So this is live on Kickstarter right now. It's going to go for another 32 days. Sure is. Start this week. I got the I'm email sorry, and I was like, boom, give me the gold foil thing. Done. Check. Moving on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I made sure to get on that as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. But, oh, oh, there I you go. I even have a copy of the gold foil. Ooh, mm-hmm. so sparkly. So uh, this one, again, was also, if you look at the man, the sword man, um, is also based on a picture of me holding my sword, a sword. Oh. <laughs> my wife took this picture, and then and then this is not my hand. This is God's hand, a God's hand. Ooh, we also just hit our first stretch goal, and our first stretch goal is twenty five hundred dollars, and everyone gets a bookmark. So you're gonna get this bookmark to because you know when you have like. Uh, your Dungeon Crawl Classics manuals is huge book. Yeah. Uh, you just need all these bookmarks. So everyone's going to get this white, black and white bookmark of the Sword Man. Right nice. on. Yeah, all looks fantastic. Uh, Thank you. There and and support Willick because these games, it's it's such a fun, unique take on role playing games. You're know, like like kind of mixing in a little bit more to the. Uh, you know, like I feel like sometimes in a role-playing game you can play like some sort of ancient mythological Greek character, mm-hmm. but it's not often you get to play the illiterate peasant. Yes, <laughs> that is the that's what really drew me into Dungeon Call Classics is that Dungeon Dragons, you have people who are like, this is my five-page background, and yeah. I'm like a superhero, son of a god, daughter of a goddess, or daughter of a god, mm-hmm. and. Um, but Dendro Classics is like, no, you're nobody. You're literally nobody. You got to make yourself somebody. And I was like, yeah. Could we drag that into Greek mythology? Because um, most of the Greek heroes are not super spectacular in of themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, Odysseus, yes, he is, is very smart and crafty, but he's also a farmer. Like, yeah. he like farmed his land, even though he's the king. He's out there plowing the field um and and all that stuff so that's what really drew me into dedrical classic that that story was a lot more interesting i also love the fact that you never know which character is going to be the one that sticks out when i first played my first game i uh i made a random character named rickety crickets and <laughs> and i and it, i love improvising when i'm role playing so i love being like this place is doomed you're all doomed don't touch that that thing's cursed Right. And then when a guy died, I was like, I'm going to pick up that curse thing. It's mine now. <laughs> uh, Rickety Cricket survived like the long, and he was like, uh, he had, he was uh, an invalid. He had like horrible stats and a crutch, and his crutch Perfect. was his weapon. Oh, and he was, that's he was amazing. He was the one who ended up wielding the giant battle axe. It was great. Excellent. <laughs> well, very cool. We'll be sure to uh, to provide the link in the show notes for everyone who wants to check it out mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I mean, throw all of your money at Willet because yeah. games are great. And honestly, the illustrations sell out for me more than anything. I love the drawings. The final thing that I should point out is that this uh, book, this zine, is already written and done. Like, it's completed. Oh, nice. And as soon as the Kickstarter ends, we have to wait for Kickstarter to send us our money uh-huh. um, to make sure we're... They're, they're just making sure we're not money laundering and stuff. Sure. 
And what ends up happening is uh, as soon as that money comes in, we send it to the printer and get it to you guys. We were, um, once our first Kickstarter ended, we had shipped everyone within uh, two months. Yeah. And we didn't start the second one until everyone had received theirs. And then, um, so this scene is already done, and I'm already starting volume three. And volume three is where shit gets real weird. It gets, gets even weirder. <laughs> so, As we delve deeper into the uh, imagination. Yeah, it gets, it gets real weird. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much for, uh, for sharing with us your game. That's really exciting. And of course, when volume three comes out, we'll be here for that too. All right, that means it's hobby time. It's hobby time. John, Indeed. what have you been working on? Uh, I have been working on Jovian Wars basically the entire time. Uh, it is a surprising amount of work to make a rule system self consistent and have all the chips make sense. Um, I'm currently doing a balance and lore accuracy pass, and it's frustrating because a lot of different books say different things, and a lot of the books are inconsistent, and there's just missing missing data in various places. So um, trying to make everything work, uh, because if you read the like, lore being lore, you read it, and it's always like, this ship is the best ship, and it has all the guns, and it should have all the missiles too. And then you're like, all right, I've balanced that out. But then everything is the mega ship and deletes a ship in like yeah. one one volley and you're like all right well yep. maybe we should tone this back a bit so it's been a lot of uh it's been a lot of figuring out like exactly what the rating of kinetic cannon should there be uh figuring out what all these various technology things do without bogging down the game uh removing some edge case sort of uh, uh mechanics because they're they slow down the game and make things not die very quickly um mm. so stuff like that just needs to get swept under the rug and 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 taken care of because otherwise it becomes uh, a simulation and not a not a war game, right? So that's sort of where I'm headed. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I think it's going pretty well. There's a bunch of stuff that needs to happen still. Uh, I've discovered that there's an entirely new mechanic I need to develop, uh, which oh, is no. which is exciting. No, I think it's good. It solves a lot of problems that I was having. Um, and I, I am pretty happy with where it's going. Uh, I just need to make sure it doesn't bog down the game very much. But I think we've done a great job so far in all the playtesting we've done, showing that like adding all the flex dice bonuses and stuff actually increases the lethality enough that there's perhaps some room to add back mechanics in. Right? Sure. The game is sped up, so I can maybe add a few things in, especially because I have a few, my eye on a few things to get rid of to make things smoother. So it's a, it's a bit of a balancing act. Um, and then, of course, after that, I need to get into things like uh, looking at other, other co systems like Lightning Strike and stuff, which are, which are related. But it's going, to be, it's going to be a lot of work still. Um, I hope to have a bunch more stuff released soon, at least to the playtest group. Um, and then next year, once uh, Robert is out of, um, out of his shipping kerfuffle right now, uh, I'm sure there'll be more mm -hmm. things to announce as well. Once he comes up from air, because last I talked to him, he was like, "Oh gosh, uh, yeah, we should talk more about this." But uh, I'm shipping things now. Gotta go. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. <laughs> well, I'm I'm looking forward to it. And you know, the things that, uh, without getting into too much detail, that you've been kind of talking about, really, a lot of it seems to get around making the factions feel like they have a specific playstyle. Mm -hmm. Which, when you are kind of pulling from, it's a fairly limited set of weapons, right? Like there's. Yeah like three kinds of gun, basically, plus missiles and fighters. Mm -hmm. um, 
and being able to add enough flexibility into how do you make a faction play like a faction with that limited resource has actually been, I think, a really good uh, um, challenge for you to, to approach. But it sounds like you're on the right track, right? Like making, you want to make the uh, Sega the up close, shooting in the face, DACA mm-hmm. faction, mm-hmm. while Jovians are more, you know, stay back, please don't hit me. Um, but I'll shoot you with my mega, you know, my, my mega dorsal rail cannon or a spinal rail cannon that goes down the length of the ship. Yeah. And stuff like that. So I think, you know, it's, like you said, it's been, uh, it's been challenging, but at least for me, it's been fun to watch. I don't have to do any of the work. <laughs> yes, yes, that, that tracks. I believe that 100%. You know what's an interesting thought? I wonder how, you mentioned shipping and the, the difficulty of shipping, and I imagine that making a war game, one of the biggest challenges is getting models made, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I Because I spent time thinking about getting dice made, and it was like, a, it was like yeah, it's going to take nine months yeah. to mm-hmm. get dice made. I was like, I want it now. And it got me thinking about 3D printers and how many nerds yes. who play war games probably have 3D printers and you're showing us all this cool stuff. And I thought like, man, like that, that Conan guy. And I'm like, man, mm-hmm. you said, I wish I had a reason to, to print that. I'm like, yeah. What if there was a reason? I don't yeah. know. Just thinking. Yeah, no, oh. it's, um, I think that the the timing of like 3d printing is now getting to the point where it's affordable for you to do printing at home that looks good mm-hmm. i still think that there's a there's definitely a a skill and knowledge oh yeah and, uh, and patience threshold you know like it's sure. not a mass market tool but mm-hmm. i think um the the basically decentralized manufacturing with all the shipping issues that we're having now timing with the uh price of printers kind of coming into their own um i wouldn't be surprised if companies don't start producing and selling SDL files. I mean, uh, DreamPod 9 already started already doing with... that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a real smart move. You know, especially if you think about even a, a company, and not that GW will ever do this, <laughs> but when you start thinking about um, companies that want to make a game but might have a model that maybe goes beyond the boundaries of what they could typically put in the game, so, uh, like the Megalodron in Infinity is a perfect example, right? Like yeah. that's not a game. That's not a miniature that they want to produce on a regular basis sure. for their game, right? But that's something that could be an STL file easily for people that want to use that specialist miniature, but they don't have to like charge them like Forge World level prices, yeah, or something that they have no interest in supporting. Um, or same thing with like weapons, right? Like, come on, Corpus Belly, just give everyone the weapon files. <laughs> but well cool john excellent yeah. uh who do you have queued up first for the rest of the hobby pictures me so i've been assembling my house cador for necromunda mm. so necromunda is back in the second edition 40k era i probably played more necromunda than actual 40k um and so obi has given me the gentle nudge i needed to go more heavily into necromunda than i should um mm. And I got started right away with Cawdor. Cawdor were not even in like my top five favorite gangs in old Necromunda, but the new lore for them, I just am absolutely in love with. Uh, they're basically garbage collectors. Mm-hmm. They're hyper-religious garbage collectors. And the reason why they collect the garbage is because they're looking for anything that may have come in contact with something that maybe a saint sneezed at. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, anything to them that's like sacred and ancient relics. Um and what I really like is that 
Necromunda is one of the recruiting planets for the Imperial Fists. So I want to make a little uh, relic box that has like a piece of tissue paper that a space marine used to wipe its ass at one point in time. And mm -hmm. they revere this as, you know, touching the holiest of holies from the a shroud. shroud. <laughs> yeah, the shroud. shroud exactly, exactly. Um, or maybe like a, a space marine lost a rivet off of its armor, you know, when they were on parade through the, uh, through Necromunda. And, be legit like, relic because that right that big yeah exactly but, but but I do want it to have like you know, in miniature scale it's like this you know nothing right like less than a millimeter in miniature right. scale you could use something like the screws from glasses they yeah, use exactly. a real machine scroll oh, that screw, would be just perfect. a little one oh that would be so perfect done you're gonna do that but yeah so I, just, I just love the idea that they're like completely obsessed with something so mundane and small. And it's kind of like some of the reliquaries you use. Hmm? I, would, I, I would make a little pedestal and put the yeah. screw on it. Oh, no, it's got to be in like a golden gilded box with mm -hmm. all this big shrinery around it. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of like when you when there's, you know, a, uh, a, a reliquary. reliquary. Yeah, exactly, like a real reliquary. Like this is one splinter that may have come in contact with the cross that Jesus is now like, and they'll build a church around that splinter. You know, like that's what I want to have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I really like the idea for them. And then they've done a really good job. They've integrated the Redemptionists just straight into the Cawdor. And mm -hmm. now your gang is basically either a law-abiding or an out or a, a outlaw gang based on the ratio of Redemptionists to law-abiding Cawdor. Mm -hmm. So when you just have, you know, when you have too many nutters in the group, the whole group goes crazy. Um so they've done a lot of really cool character things with Necromunda. So Obi's coming up. I had to whip up my gang so I could play mm -hmm. him when he comes to town. I also just love painting trash. Yeah, right? It's fun. Uh, I love, I, I built a whole table that was trash town. And everything was just gross looking. Because it's so, <laughs> you know, there's no messing it up. There's just nothing yeah. but happy accidents. And I like painting like rusty metal. Oh, sure. And... Well, weathering uh, powders and washes and pigments and like the, the the GW technical paints are actually really good for that stuff. Mm -hmm, yeah. um, and now there's plenty of other companies like MIG as a paint line exists like all around weathering and corrosion. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been having fun cranking those out. My next gang is going to be, I've already planned it, um, is going to be an, an outlaw gang uh, from uh, that's centered around a, a rebel lord from the planet who's been cast out of his uh cast out of the house from house Ulanti, which is like the super uh decadent and rich and old the oldest of all the houses um but they're also the backers of Escher who are mm -hmm. the um uh you know, alchemists and doing you know crazy things that were involved with the creation of Goliath but I like the idea of this this guy who got a little bit too involved into the so what can you do with a dead body like yeah, like bring it back to life maybe mm -hmm. um and there are rumors of vampires existing on Necromunda. So I kind of like the idea of, of this rebel lord who maybe got a little bit too curious with the alchemy and the undead. And the rest of Yulanti has kind of been like, you know what, you need to you need to go find somewhere else to live. Mm -hmm. So it's the I think honestly it's probably the most compelling part of the 40k universe anymore. Uh, I really feel like they've taken you know, sadly, I think they've taken the, the 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 interesting parts of the rest of the game and kind of killed much of it off. But they've put so much thought into the Necromunda setting that it's really fun to investigate. 
Yeah. So. Yeah, had fun whipping them up. Very nice. Sean, what are you even working on? Oh, no, sorry, you already told us, Derp. <laughs> Will it? All right. Um, so here's my very dirty lamp. Uh, and uh, I recently got into... Lamp. Yeah, he's standing on a lamp. Uh, I recently got into Conquest, uh, the final argument, or it's the first argument. It's one of those arguments of kings. And uh, basically, this is a rank-and-file game. The miniatures are a little bit bigger. They're... Um, 32 millimeter scale, so they're like um, the big space marines. Mm-hmm. Primaris. That's the ones. And uh, and what really got me onto them was the dwarves that are on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so this guy is the flame warden. And the lore is that these dwarves all used to be slaves of dragons, uh, but then they freed themselves with you know, the power of fire and stone and the god of war. Uh, and this guy just really stuck out to me. It's a rad model. Mm. Yeah, he is very cool. He's my first one that I've been painting. I haven't gotten to paint for quite a while because of school. Um, but uh, I started with yellow. Here I kind of like based out, blocked out his colors. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can go to the next picture. And this is the more completed version um so what i did was i started with yellow and then worked my way up to orange and then red and just a little bit of uh null oil on the tips i didn't want to do too much black Mm -hmm. because i actually feel that a lot of the uh the studio painters used way too much black on him okay um and it didn't turn out great Mm -hmm. uh then his little rivety spikes uh originally i used gunmetal and then I actually swapped it out for a different color um, from War Painter, Rough Iron. Okay. Because I want him to look rusty. Um, sure. Mm-hmm. One, one aspect of these dwarves is they're, you have like the dragon slayers. They're both badass guys um, wearing this full plate dwarven armor. They even have beard protectors, so their beards <laughs> don't get singed because their whole thing was fighting the dragons. Mm-hmm. And you got to protect the beard from dragon yeah. fire. Uh, but what ended up happening is now that all the dragons are dead, these guys basically wear old, rusted-out, ancient armor. Um, so I really like the idea of adding that kind of character. And with rusting effects and things like that, it's like, yeah, this guy looks a little dirty. That's good. I don't I don't like him to look too clean. Um, in fact, in this photo, too, I actually just changed up his uh, base to have lava. So you can oh. kind of see the whole model. I gave him more of a yeah, lava yeah. look. Kind of like an Iceland. They have the lava flows uh, with the snow. Mm. I kind of like that mm-hmm. That kind mm-hmm. of... Uh, that contrast was kind of what I was going for. Yeah. So so this is like a big rank-and-file game. So this guy's kind of one of the officers. Um, it's got a lot of cool factions. There's the Thousand Kingdoms, which are actually just like Bretonians. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like they're they're exactly what you think Bretonians should be. Um, they have uh, the orcs that ride on dinosaurs. I really like, like the way those look. I'll be honest. Yeah, those guys are really cool. And and each faction kind of gets like a big monster. And the big monster of those guys is a giant T Rex with like feathers and stuff. Looks really sick. Um, and there's a orc riding on him. And then um, 
they're coming out with a new faction called the Dominion. That's going to be pretty cool. They're like uh, necromancers summon their army over a battlefield of undead, and they're all like Romans and centurions. Mm -hmm. So obviously that tickles my brain sure. in the history spot. But then they're coming out with another faction. You guys ever play um, League of Legends? I am aware mm -hmm. of it. It's not a game I right. play. League of Legends. There's a character named Pantheon who has like a spear and a Greek helmet, a big shield, and it's all very bright and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And he's Greek-ish, Greek-like. Mm -hmm. um, not as Greek as one might expect, but Greek-ish, Greek-inspired. So that's what this faction is. It looked like all looked like Pantheon. There's oh, even see. Minotaurs. Minotaurs. They just showed the concept art so far of those guys. They look pretty cool. And mainly I just wanted to paint the fire guys and just have a little challenge to paint them. Um, they have a also have a skirmish game. So I might try out the skirmish game a little bit, try the rank and file game a little bit. Um, but mainly I just wanted to paint this guy because I thought, dang, that guy looks cool with all his fire. Yeah, the uh, the the humans, the what was it the hundred kingdoms you're saying? They definitely thousand look like or thousand kingdoms, something. Mm -hmm. um, they definitely look somewhere between uh, Empire and Britannia. Britannia. Totally. And this is a really interesting game that came from a game company from Cyprus. So kind of like how Infinity comes from Spain. Sure. This comes from the island of Cyprus. Uh, and I look forward to them inviting me to go play games with them in Cyprus. That'd be amazing. That is the next logical step. Yeah, obviously. And um, here I am shilling for them so hard. They ought to at least invite me. Yeah, right, me. right. All right. Yeah, definitely, oh, definitely okay. invite Professor Willett, guys. Yeah. Like, fly him to Cyprus. Uh, I'll be on their uh, their new podcast, the last podcast of Kings. Anyways. Um, so the point Great. is that pretty cool game. And I like to paint that fire guy. And they have like a whole faction, like a whole unit of guys. They're all dwarves who are on fire and replace their um, their internal organs with steam engines and stuff. Oh, I'm intrigued now. Some, some weird shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what got me. Oh, there's another faction called the Spires, which is a, a wizard decided to clone himself and ended up creating an entire kingdom of clones of himself. That's very and funny. And each, each faction are kind of like the copies of copies of copies. They're each like oh, set so they, of units. They kind of, they kind of are, are janky. Yeah, so the janky ones are like your lowborn ones. And then the ones that are closer genetically to the to the wizard. Um, they're, they're like the lords and ladies. Mm. And it's real weird. That's a real weird faction. That, that sounds like the like, faction that I play. Like the, the, the clones of clones of clones? Yes. Uh, they're all like gross bone mutants. Like their armor's made of bone and fleshy bits. And then there's like the reg like the the noble ones kind of look like uh something like H.R. Giger would think up. That weird artist who designed the alien. I mean they don't they don't look crazy weird. Alright, so so those guys, so they, as you can see, they're kind of wearing like bone armor. Yeah. Um there's look at the thing called the Avatar. They have an avatar too. Every game has to have an avatar. True. It's required at this point. If you don't have an avatar in your game, then you're trash. That's pretty. That's how it works. War Machine avatar, Infinity avatar, this game avatar. War, uh, War, Warhammer 40k, no avatar, complete trash. This thing. Yeah, look at that gross weirdo. 
That is pretty weird. So these are these are like summoned by the wizard. Um, I'm not super clear on the lore. Okay, but they are clones. So they're just they look like bugs. They're not bugs. I was like, oh, are these bugs? No, they're clones of a wizard. I'm like, ugh. That's okay. Cody. <laughs> awesome. The lore. The this lore is one of the first. Awesome. This is the first faction they came out with. They came out with the Thousand Kingdoms, and they're like, these are knights and bowmen. And you're like, okay. And these are clones of a wizard. You're, you're like, like, wait, 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 hold on, time out. <laughs> yeah, his shield is his shins. They're made from his shin bones. Not of his enemies, of himself. Mm. He just gooped them out. That's they're like, definitely... yeah, this is our starter box. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Amazing. All right, well... Uh, next, I think you had a media recommendation. I do. You do. What was it? <laughs> the Wheel of Time. Oh, yeah, Wheel of Time! Oh, my gosh. Okay, the so there's Wheel of Time right? show right now. Have yes. you guys been familiar with I'm this? I'm watching it. Are these, are these your guys' books? No, I found it on the internet. Um, this is truly the books of someone who loved the Wheel of Time. Yep. So um, they didn't like Knife of Dreams, though they hated that one. Mm-hmm. Which one is that? Eleven in the middle. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Maybe they loved it so much they lost it, and that's the replacement copy. I can yeah, absolutely right. see that. So what happens with uh, Wheel of Time is uh, Robert Jordan wrote this book series. It's very long, as you can see, it's like fourteen books long. By the way, Knife of Dreams, there, book eleven. That's when Robert Jordan died. Yep. He died right in the book series. Are you familiar with any of this, Adam? I've watched like the first four episodes on Amazon. Great. So uh, <laughs> Robert Jordan dies making these book series and Brandon Sanderson meets him in the hospital and basically gets his rundown. Cause they kind of like knew this was happening. At, at mm -hmm. Yeah. Jordan he was on his way out. Dying. He had some time to do the handoff. He had a wheel of time to do the handoff. And they, uh, he took all his notes and some of the pieces that he wrote and, put it together it was only supposed to be uh what 12 books yeah because he was writing the last one as he's dying and sanderson ended up making it into 14 books um so so he added like he took that last book and broke it into three books each one is incredibly long um the the series right now is basically the the eye of the world with maybe a little bit of book two oh, not sure. a whole lot and it definitely uh, kind of like takes this deep, rich thing and really boils it down to the the important beats, the mm. the cliff notes, if you will. Sure. But what I love about this series is that there's an audio book of it, and it's on Audible. And as I paint, I listen to Wheel of Time, um, and or I listen to stuff. Right. I like listen to podcasts, things like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The problem is uh, the world sucks right now. Mm -hmm. Right. Like the world's trash, everything is trash. And the podcast I used to enjoy to pay attention to political news is really depressing. Yep. And world news, super depressing. Mm -hmm. I love listening to NPR. I love listening to NPR, so depressing. Turn on NPR and they're like, 12 people died in Lebanon today. And I'm like, all right, I don't want to listen to this. <laughs> and that's when I was like, I want to listen to Wheel of Time again. So I've listened to Wheel of Time once. It took me an entire year to go through the entire... Okay. Series. Wow. Um, and it was great. It was a great feeling because I was always like, oh, I got to do chores. Well, I could listen to Wheel of Time right now. 
or I've got, you know, to paint these models. I could be listening to Wheel of Time. I always had Wheel of Time to listen to. And now I'll be sitting here like, oh, what do I want to listen to? Or I get my credit on Audible and I'm like, what am I going to, what am I going to listen to? I'm scrolling. It's like Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. do I really yeah. want to listen to this? Or I'll listen to the reader. I'm like, no, nah, that guy sucks. I can't listen to this guy talk. This weird, wheezy old man. So uh, I just started uh, Wheel of Time again. I listened to the prequel novel, uh, which is not pictured here, called mm-hmm. New Spring. Uh, and it was great. It was great because I'd actually not read that one. Um, I listened to New Spring again, or for the first time. It was really great. And now I'm listening to Eye of the World for the first time. Uh, Tom Shadel and I, Tom of my cast, he loves Wheel of Time as well. We would, he he read them as they were coming out because hmm. he's old. And it's important he to would underscore read them. That, right? Yeah, absolutely. He would read them as they were coming out. Whereas I'm, I was going into it once they were already all written. Mm. Um, it was also a book series that I wanted to read as like in middle school, um, and I made it to book six. And then after I reread them again, I was like, I don't remember any of this shit. I was not paying attention to what I was yeah, reading. Yeah, that 100% happened to me. I got to like Winter's Heart, and then I was like, wait, <laughs> what? What just happened? Totally. And the thing about Wheel of Time is that I, I love the fact that you always have something to listen to. Like you can, ne- you never have to be like, oh, what next? And that when something happens in the books, you, it really happens. You're like, whoa, did something just happen? Did they finally achieve their goal? A goal which they began three books ago. Oh, geez. Three months ago for me of listening. Yeah. Yep. And I was just like Holy blown cow. away. Like it happened and it felt absolutely earned. Obviously, all books have kind of like plus sides and downsides. Sure. And for some people, some people don't like all the negatives about the book series. Sure. Um, like that it's so long that it could easily be like shortened. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Lord, Lord of the Rings is like that, too. And I love Lord of the Rings. I was gonna say you couldn't you couldn't shorten anything in there. I need the full descriptions of every tree in the forest and of exactly how the meal was prepared. That's... Yes, I actually also just listened to Andy Circus read Lord of the Rings. Oh. It's really good. It's That's really good. Cool. He does he does not only does he do all the voices for all the characters, Gandalf and Pippin and Frodo, like everyone has an individual voice. Mm-hmm. He does the Gollum voice. Well, he is Gollum, so absolutely, and it. If it, it feels real good. So it was really good to listen to that one again. Um, I'll, have to, I'll have to check that out. But Wheel of Time is what I'm really deep into right now. My wife is watching Wheel of Time with me. And as I'm rereading the books, I'm kind of seeing like, oh, this is what they really cut out or they cut out this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm like, man, that would have been kind of cool if they would have thrown that in there. Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah. So I'll just wait for the series to be over and then I'll read the books. Right. <laughs> I recommend you watch the series because it's pretty short. Yeah. And then you read the books and you'll be like, whoa. And then when season two comes around, you're gonna be like, like that's da- there it is, Daishan. And there there uh there he is, the last king of Manetherin, stuff like that. Um first of all, Tom Bombadil's amazing. Yeah. After I I had the Tom Bombadil song stuck in my head for like the longest time, where I would like just sing a bunch of random Tom Bombadil 
uh, songs, which got completely cut out. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting, for, I'm waiting for the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the quirky adventures of Tom Bombadil and Goldberry as the Amazon series. Yeah. Happen. I want Tom Bombadil to be played by Jack Black. Yeah, no, the, he would wow. be a really like, good Tom Bombadil. Yeah, yeah. Again, I can see the same it. person. I can see with it. the singing and stuff and dancing. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get to the uh, to the main fight, it is time for our Mythic Games sponsorship. So every week, Mythic Games provides one of our lucky listeners with ten dollars in credit to moe-games.com. All you have to do is hang out with us while we chat on Twitch and type in the magic word spelled correctly that Willet is going to lay on us right now. The magic word is Agamemnon. Ooh, there we go. Well, it's it's printed on their screen in front of all of them. Why would you tell them that? Agamemnon <laughs> is the king of Mycenae and brother of Menelaus, the king of Sparta. There we go. So far, nobody has typed it in. So, oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, maybe they haven't figured out. It's also my ITS name. Yeah, no, which is why it's sitting on the screen. <laughs> and I also made ITS names for my children. My son is Orestes, which was Agamemnon's son. And uh, my daughter is Iphigenia, who is Agamemnon's daughter that he sacrificed. By holding her upside down for a picture. Yeah. Um, what happened was she, uh, he angered the goddess Artemis and she sent a wind to stop his ships. And a, uh, a seer said that the only way to please the goddess was to sacrifice his own daughter, Iphigenia. Mm. So he tricked her to lure her in. And then... That is that is one way to do it. All mm -hmm. right. Get business done. Button pushed. All right. Congratulations, Pegasus. That's close enough. Pegasus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course. Thank you all for listening. I'll go ahead and uh, shoot you a message over here on Twitch and get your info over to Ruben. And of course, thank you all for listening and thank you, Mythic Games, for uh, your sweet, sweet prizes. Mm -hmm. All right. It's what you've all been waiting for, our main feature. So it is time for Immortal Combat! Round do, three, do, the do, minor do, do. So... This idea actually came up about because a lot of people were complaining that various models were not used in the previous rounds, but we wanted to use named characters for the previous rounds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we, we came up with the, uh, the, the bracket to run an all unnamed character round of Immortal Kombat. And there's going through it, there were some kind of interesting choices here. So our brackets from top to bottom, we're going to start off with a Knight of Justice against a Imperial Agent Crane, which mm. to me feels like such an iconic clash up, right? You've got to have the Yujing versus Pano. Mm -hmm. um, their best CC heavy infantry against the other guys CC heavy infantry. And then uh, the uh, the Asawira is taking on the Bear Pod to see <laughs> if his poor Asawira. <laughs> Somebody had to do it. Yeah. Um, honestly, this came down to a bit of the uh, a bit of who's left. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Based on the other brackets, but I mean, somebody somebody has to fight the bear mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, Sometimes the bear fights you. <laughs> exactly. Um, so the sec uh, the third bracket is going to be the JSA versus Combined Army rematch of the Onawaban versus an Umbra Samaritan. So if you remember last time we had, it was. Um, 
I'm blanking on his name now. The uh, Norkius. Norkius versus um, Musashi. No, it was, oh, Sashi. it was Musashi, I think. That sounds yeah, right. Musashi. Um, and so we're going to have the, uh, the, the best martial artist, theoretically, uh, unnamed martial artist now in humanity against the, uh, the best of the combined. And then finally, we have the, the, uh, the, the battle of bioengineering, which is going to be the Kiel Sand versus a uh, Bakunin Uberfall Commando with one Pupnik. Mm. Um, you know, originally I was thinking we were thinking about doing all three, but that felt way too weighted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I, I think one is fair, you know? Uh, yeah. You know, two, two for any arrows on the way in, then you get your chance to attack with one. Right. If you're really, if you're really going to go target one model, and honestly, if it's something like a kill sand that's up the battlefield, anyways, good chance it's eaten one. So, without further ado, shall we start our first match? Sure, mm -hmm. let's do it. Okay, so the Knight of Justice has a pretty solid CC of 23 and a martial arts level of 2. Really, you know, level 2 used to be not an impressive level of martial arts, but now that it has that critical plus 3, minus 3, it's kind of, it's, it's what you need, right? Mm -hmm. And so that against the Crane Agent CC 24... Um, and martial arts level three. Yep. So it does look slightly weighted in the favor of the uh, of the crane, but um, as we've seen before, that basically means not a damn thing. <laughs> and I really want the Knight of Justice to win this. Um, I love the Knight of Justice. Meanwhile, I never played with the crane agent. Yeah. So let's uh, let's give it the first roll. They both be. Swinging, I assume, with their DA close combat weapons. Yeah, so I see we're not we're not giving the Knight of Justice a, the the decharge profile. So keep things mm. right. Oh. So whatever whatever you know stock comes on the on the on the profile. Yeah. Um, so they both have DACCWs. Uh, they'll be, both be rolling on flat CC because it's plus three minus three for both of them. Uh, mm -hmm. And then the Knight of Justice will be Fizz fifteen effective, and the Crane will be Fizz uh, fifteen as well. Yep. Exactly. So the the extra fizz in the Knight of Justice is uh, counteracted by the extra martial arts of the crane. Yep. All right. So it'll be a simultaneous roll. No need to roll initiative. Uh, I, yep. I have a red die and a black die. So we're going to go ahead and roll a uh, black die for the Knight of Justice, I guess. Sure. Seems reasonable. Seems reasonable. Let's do the thing. Here we go. So we're looking for uh, 23 on the black die and 24 on the red die. All right, so that is a crit with an 18 for the Knight of Justice, and not a that's crit with an 11 for the for the crane. So All right, there you great. go. So that's gonna be, was it three damage, 15 hits against armor four? Uh, yeah. yep. So here we go. All right, so that four is definitely a fail, um, and I think the 11 and the 15 are both passes. The 15 absolutely is right, and the 11 goes up to. Oh, no, that's a fail, too. The right? weapon's a fail, too, yeah. Oh, so right, right. away, immediately. Imme wow. That was uh, <laughs> more decisive than I expected it to be. Immediately. So happy right now. Yeah, <laughs> right? To, that crane into armor five. Hmm? I have to cheer very quietly. My children are asleep. <laughs> Last time I cheered too loudly. This time I'm going to cheer very quietly, but I'm so excited. Excellent. Man, with how... 
That, that's like the speed. One action. Boom. Knight of Justice pastes a crane rank. Yes. Like, you, you know, if that happens in the game, you're you're like trying not to smile like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's why I'm I'm glad our game store requires masks. Yeah. Right. So I can sit here like, oh no, man. <laughs> That was that was brutal. All right, well, uh, a quick round one knockout. Yep, that was <laughs> brutal. Man, before we move on, yeah. I should point out that the Knight of Justice is interesting because it's a real thing in real in the real world. There oh. are Knights of Justice today. Yes, hmm. so it's a it's a knightly order, uh, part of the the Catholic Church, and it's not just like a random thing that was just made up of Knight of Justice because it sounds really lame. Right. <laughs> sure. It yeah. sounds, sounds awesome and full of justice. It sounds very generic, right? It does. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. turns out it's an actual real thing. The Knight of Justice. I did not, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean that that is in line with kind of the way they they tend to name units, anyways. Yes. I did a whole MayaCast podcast about them. Just about the Knights of Justice. Uh, about a bunch of the the knights and stuff. <laughs> oh man all right well so let's get on to this that's fight i want to see this one go down so yeah, this got... is the one that everyone wants to see okay so so big questions um first off uh they both have berserk yep mm-hmm. that's the first step second step is that uh i guess it doesn't matter what you choose for the that's because it's a shock or da but what are we what are we choosing uh moving forward da i assume yeah. For all the other fights, yeah. assuming it makes it out of here, okay. All right, so yeah. so DA, uh, but it doesn't matter against the bear pod because it's got uh, total immunity. Um, okay, mm-hmm. so looking at these stat lines, uh, basically we have MA two on the Asawira as well as Berserk plus three, which is a big deal, right? Yep. And on the bear pod, we've got CC attack plus two damage, which is Giros uh, immunity total. <laughs> also, <laughs> yep. Also Berserk and three effective wounds. That's right. Well, it's got two and then the dogged, right? So as we rule, dogged survives. Dogged wins that round. Yep. But so let's. This so. is this is going to be nasty. So should we see? Because they both have the ability to, ability to berserk. Mm-hmm. So the first question is, would an Asawira berserk? And I think the answer is the Asawira wouldn't choose to. Uh, the Asawira can regen. Yes, that's the question. Oh, it can regen. Yes. No, it totally it totally can regen. They'll get yep. one opportunity to regen. Yep. Um. So, I don't know. Maybe the Asawira would berserk, right? Because they had. But you're only hitting. You're gonna hit them at no. most one time. No. You no. know, they, see, because I would, because I'd be like, well, I brought this guy for his plus three berserk, and now I'm not gonna use it. Right, you'd be swinging on CC twenty nine. That's the only way to force two saves onto the bear pod. I guess. But you're our damage fifteen. Only gonna cause one save. Only gonna cause like fizz, one wound on average. Fizz, fizz, fifteen, right with MA two. Yeah, and yeah. so basically you're looking for elevens on the bear pod. And yeah, and so best case scenario, the Asawira would deal two damage to the bear pod, but best case scenario for the bear pod, they only deal one damage to the Asawira. Well, I mean, I assume, we're, I assume we're using the trench hammer here, right? Yeah, which, which is double DA, action yeah. eighteen. Uh, okay. Right. Um, so, so I mean, the bear pod absolutely berserks. Is the tr- so let's uh let's roll so, for initiative. Yeah. So and we can oh. make a decision. 
Sure. All right. So uh, Asawira will be will be black. All right. So we're looking for 15 on uh, sorry 14 on the Asawira and uh, 12 on the bear pod. Uh, looks like the bear pod has initiative with an eight. So the Asawira is one. Mm. Oh no! All so right. I should probably do right. that on camera. There we go. So all right. So that means the uh, the bear pod berserks. Yeah. Okay. There you so go. the Asawira berserks in return. Right, so we're looking for what twenty yeah. nines well, and twenty fours. You don't berserk. You don't berserk in the arrow anymore. Oh, that's why. That's why it matters. That's right. That's right. Okay, so so we're looking for twenty six versus twenty four. That's right. Okay, here we go. So we're what looking are they for different colors. Sorry, uh, black for bear. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that was wasn't what I was doing, but we can do that. Black for bear. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right, so um, black for bear. Oh. So the ten goes to a fourteen. Uh, That's a hit. And then uh, red for the Asawira, the seven goes to a thirteen. So okay, so they both hit because it's berserk, but nobody yeah, crits. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so uh, I guess we'll we'll save on the bear first. Yep, needs a he's armor five. Needs a ten. He's, he's at eleven. So it rolled exactly oh. an eleven. The bear's fine. Uh -oh. So uh, the Asawira is about to eat it. So it needs, what is it, Fizz 18? Fizz 18. So it needs a 15 to pass. That's right. Oh, boy. Okay, we're looking for 15s here. We got an 18 and a 4, so the Asawira is taking okay. one wound. So it's still in the fight. It's still in the fight. Yep. And it's the Asawira's initiative now. Yep. Which means we'll probably go face-to-face, -face, right? You know yeah. yeah, yeah, yep. So we're going face to face. Uh, now the bear drops to twenty-one. That's right. And the Asawira is on twenty-three. Sorry, twenty-six. Twenty-six. Right. So yeah. we're looking for uh, twenty-six on on the uh, red die and twenty-one on the black die. Okay. So they tie uh, with eights. So the Asawira wins that because it's got a higher bonus, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So this now is gonna go up to an Yeah. Yep. So now the bear needs to make it save. Whoop. Oops. Rolled a one. That is a fail. So the bear takes a wound. Now, so it's, it, now it's back to the bear. Right? With initiative. Everybody wanted the bear to win. I really don't. I want to see him lose. Okay. With the chump. <laughs> so what's going to happen now? Is the bear berserking? Oh, so the bear has one wound. They both have one wound right now. It goes to dogged. So that means if he berserks and they both suffer a wound, the 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 bear will die and then the, uh, the asshole will regen. Mm -hmm. Right, so that means the Asawir is the the one standing at the end of the fight. That's a, ooh. I'm rolling the dice here, think, so I, I'm, I'm going to abstain. I feel that uh, I think he has to berserk. He's got armor five. Yeah. How many? Go back to their stats. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well, so if you go sense. if you go face to face, Mar the Asawira is throwing out that martial arts mm -hmm. and yeah. swinging out twenty six versus your twenty one, and that's a huge difference mm -hmm. in the math. That plus five bonus is massive. How many times can you use Ooh, Frank the trench is saying hammer? The bear is going. Uh, that's a good question. Let me check. Three times. So we've got two oh, more swings. Okay. Well, it's disposable even if you miss, right? So this is the last use yeah. of the the trench hammer. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, so this is the last swing with the trench hammer. I, ooh, I think you berserk. Yeah, 
Berserking? Okay. Berserking. So it's uh, 26 to 24. 24 on black, 26 on red. I should probably right. go back to the camera. Puh. All right. So um, that is a uh, 13 for the Asawira, which brings it to a 19, uh, and a 12 for the bear, which brings it to a 16. Neither crit. Mm -hmm. All right. So, so we've got save on the bear. We're looking for an 11 again, right? Yep. Got a 12. Good to go oh. on the bear. Mm. Okay. So here's the Asawira's double saves, looking for 15s or above. Yep. I uh, got a 15 and a 17. Asawira is golden. What? So hey. everybody still got That's a wound. Infinity, baby. Everybody still got a wound. And now yep. we are in a situation where the bear is out of hammers. The bear is out of hammers. Is back. He, he now only has a uh, Fizz 18 APCC weapon. Yep. That's really <laughs> freaking gross. So I think I think the Asawira absolutely goes for the face-to-face -face here. Totally, totally. So 26 versus 21. Here we go. Yep. All right. So 26 versus 21. The Asawira rolled a 14, which is a crit. Uh, and the bear rolled a 12, which doesn't matter. So All here's right. the crit. This actually matters. We're looking for 15s on the bear. Yep. No, sorry. Sorry. 11s on the bear. Well, yeah. 15 and a 16. Man, that armor five is so... So rough on the bear boat. Yep. So we, now we go back to the bear. We're in the same situation. I still, I still think the bear berserks. Okay. Bears berserking. I yeah. You I agree, don't Willie? Think the, yeah. Okay. Bears berserking. Here we go. Looking for twenty six versus twenty four. All right. Uh, no crits. Uh, Twelve for the Asawira and a ten for the bear. All right. So bear save first because that's what we've been doing. Bear fails on a five. Bear is dogged now. Okay, so if the Asawira doesn't die... just an die. AP, so this is, this is a, uh, what is it, AP weapon. So he goes down from arm four to arm two, uh, and it's a damage 18 hit, right? Oh, mm -hmm. Jesus. So you need to so get a 17? 17. All right, here we go. Mm -hmm. Cooking up a 20 for you, Asawira. Here we go. It's a four. Asawira goes okay. down. So, this, so that means that... Well, so now we have the last chance, right? So this is basically the Asawira... So this this was our weighted last time, right? Where Dogged beats Dead, right? Yep. So if the Asawira regens, they win because the bear will have died at the end of the round. Okay, here yeah. we go. Here's the regen looking for Fizz 14, right? Yep. Fizz 14. Whoop. Nope. That's a six. Nope. All right. Wait, no. Not, it's Wait, a, he has, does he have to roll under? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. So yeah, he's good. So, so that means that at the end of this turn... The bear would have died, and the acid mm -hmm. rear would still be alive. Right. So that is, man, acid yeah. That was that's a rough fight. I kind of I was wondering if that's the way it was going to go. Uh personally, I'm happy with this end result because, like, so many people are like, "Oh, the bear pod's going to take over and just crush everything," right? and bear pod shouldn't even be on there. And I was like reading through all the comments, like oh, I hope that bear dies. So I feel very good about this. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So next we've got the Umbra versus the Oniwaban. Mm. This is this is interesting. So they're both CC twenty four, both MA four. Yeah. The 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 trickier though is that that Umbra has um, Protheon. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But Protheon doesn't matter a whole lot because the Oniwaban swing in monofilament. Yep. 
But the Umbra also has a Vorpal, which yep. is monofilament. True, right? So it's mono both ways. But if the Umbra makes it to later rounds, it could be, uh, it could clean up. So let's see here. I think that the, the uh, for initiative, I guess we roll for it, see if the Oni Wabang gets a surprise attack. Yes. Oh, sure. Yeah. All right. Let me, uh, let me switch to the thing. Boop, 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 desk cam. All right. So I guess uh, black for the Umbra. Perfect. Okay, great. So the Umbra was looking for a 14, and the only one was also looking for a 14. Uh, well, the Umbra fails with a 17, and yep. the only one passes with a four. So he does get All his right. surprise attack. Okay, so that's gonna that's gonna shift things a bit. So the only one's gonna be singing on 24 to the uh, to the Umbra's 21, right? Correct. So, so Oniwaban is 24 to the Umbra's 21, right? So we're looking for 21 on the black. All right. Go. Okay, so uh, <laughs> that is a very low roll. The Umbra rolled a, a two, two and a four. And the Oniwaban rolled a four. Uh, I guess we should have declared what weapon we were using beforehand. I assume DA um, for both. Do they have D? Does the, they both have they DA. Have oh, well, the, 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 uh, the Oniwaban has EM, which is basically DA. Why wouldn't we use the monofilament? Because the the Umbra has NWI. You want to cut through that. Okay, fair enough. I so, would, and I always want to use the monofilament. Okay, every mono I get. monofilament it is. So we're just rolling on twelves. We got to beat a twelve. Good All luck, right. Samaritan. Here we go. This is it. Do you get lightsaber in half or not? He does not with a seventeen. Uh oh. Yeah, that's like I I love monofilaments, but my luck with them is pretty. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. I've had some pretty good luck occasionally. I once killed a whole tag with one. Felt great. Jesus. I've done that to Adam. Now we get back to a straight fight. All right. So we're both looking for 24s now? Both looking for 24s. I think they're both swinging mono. Okay. Sounds good. I mean, I would say that the Umbra should swing DA. Yeah. Umbra should swing DA. Yeah. Just like that. Here we go. So Umbra is black. Well, that is a crit from the Oniwawan with a 19, and the Umbra rolled a 4. Oh no! So here is Man. a mono. Here is a pair of mono saves. Oh, here we go, Umbra. <laughs> Looking for thirteens. A three and a twenty. Not ah. gonna do it. Nope. It Cut in half. Yep. That's it. Game over. Woof. Go back well. to their stats <laughs> really quick. Oh, sure. One second. Oh, yeah, I'm curious about their points. They're uh, so comparable. Comparable. Pretty comparable. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, this was something like the Spitfire guy. Right, right. Right. Yeah, that would feel real good. Well, so far, I'm totally wrong in my bracket, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> and finally, uh, this one I think is going to be really entertaining. I hope. We've got the Kiel Sand, which is that awesome, huge, heavy infantry guy from Toha um, yeah. against the Leo, little tiny Bakunin Uberfall Commando. I think we should. Before we before we start their fight, though, roll on uh, was it they both have metachemistry, right? Yep. Working on it. All right, so here we go. Metachemistry for the Kielsan. I guess the Kielsan will be black because I actually have no mad dice. Kielsan rolls a nineteen, which is oh, not relevant. Uh, which is uh, eight four uh, movement, eight four and climbing plus, which is awesome. Yeah, good for the- but not helpful for right now. Yeah. I, I would love that one in the game. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And what's the uh, what's the Uberfall? Oh no, sorry, she doesn't have it. Nope. Um. 
Okay, so yeah, it is not relevant. So now we're stuck to the the kill sand with CC twenty one, MA two berserk. So we will still have to roll for initiative, I think. Um, I mean, against... Chimera has natural born warrior. You can still berserk against natural warrior, can't you? Can you? I thought I, I thought oh, it turned shoot. off. I'm not sure. Anymore. Okay, well, <clears throat> I'll double check that in a second. But yeah, CC twenty one against CC twenty four. That is. Uh, a little rough. <laughs> um, let's see. No, it's just martial arts. Ah, okay, fair so, enough. Yeah, let's roll. Let's roll that initiative. They're both whip twelve. I think the kill sand will want to berserk because they can. Can they take three wounds? Yeah, because they're going to transmute after suffering two wounds on the uh, yep, yep. on the symbiont. Okay. Yeah, really high PTS. So both looking for twelves. Uh, yep. Obviously, red for nomads. Uh, crit, twelve on the on the Uberfall and a six for the uh, Killsaw. Ooh, okay. So the Uberfall. Ooh, and actually, yeah, I was thinking about it. Like the Killsaw might not even want to berserk anyways because that Uberfall is getting an extra burst mm-hmm, from the Pupnet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. So in this fight, it's actually going to be CC eighteen on the Killsaw against CC twenty four on the camera because of the extra CC attack minus three. Yep. That the camera um, gives. Gross. All right, John, roll it out. Two dice with the two red nomad dice. Okay, so looking for what? 24s on the red and 18s on the black. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so uh, the four beats the one, right? So the kill center on the four beats the chimeras. Actually, no, it doesn't mm-hmm. because the, the oh, four goes, to, goes a five, to a five. Right, so oh, no. sorry, kills on. Uh, there's a crit on a 17 as well. So we're looking at oh. uh, viral CCW. That's five, so five saves. Five saves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Five. Gross. So we've got a BTS of six. And what's the uh, camera's fizz? The camera's fizz is thirteen. Thirteen. That goes to fourteen. You're looking for nines. All right. That's well, actually it was supposed to be even higher, right? Because uh, Chimera does have martial arts, but it, it was still it doesn't oh, change anything. Okay, so rolling five dice, looking for nines, right? Is that what we decided? Yeah. Okay, here we go. All right, so we got a fifteen, which is a pass, a nineteen, which is a pass, a ten, which is a pass. So that's all good. All right. All we right. We got a six, which is a fail, and a seven, which Uh-oh. is a fail. Uh oh. Well, down but not out. You down but have... not out. <laughs> You've transmuted down. Uh, still have that. Um, well, still have that natural born warrior in the martial arts and the. Oh, they both have natural born warrior. Never mind. That wouldn't have. That wouldn't yeah. have mattered. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but the the CC minus three is still relevant, so it still would have been on eighteens there. Yep. Yep. Um. So, gross. Well, I think you have to you have to roll face to face, right? You're definitely not going to berserk. No, yeah. absolutely not. On your last wound. Okay. So, so we're we'll looking at it again. On 18s versus 24s, yeah? Yep. All right, here we go. Uh, okay, well, uh, it's not. It's a 13 and a 3, which go yep. to uh, 17 and a 7, right? Yep. Uh, and the, so that's that's four saves for the kill sign. <laughs> Oh, that kill sign was not long for this world. Sad. Uh, yep, no, that is a lot of single-digit numbers. <laughs> kill sign is viral goo. Paste it. Paste it, is, it. It is just gone. 
Brutal. What a bummer. You know, I feel like though this is pretty par for the course for uh, Spiral Core. I yeah. played Spiral Core when they came out for a little bit, and uh, they just—I feel like they just really weren't there. Especially this mm-hmm. Kielsan guy. I mean, you spent forty points, forty some odd points with the Kielsan for uh, against the Uberfall Commando, which was like twenty, yeah, or something. <laughs> yeah, and uh, my only favorite thing was the uh, Tagma Schemers. Uh huh. And I loved having like the doctor poking out like this. Someone's like, "Oh, I'm gonna shoot this doctor." And I'm like, oh, you fell oh. for the oldest trick because this is a schemer. Look at oh, it. Oh no, I, I will. I will the, the worst I have ever been schemed was by our buddy Fan, who oh, deployed his tag schemer as a brawler HRL. Yep. Yeah. So brawler HRL doesn't have MSV. Yep. Right. So I throw smoke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, continue. Right. And I'm like, this is an excellent place to move. Um, then I move, and I'm still out of line of fire anyways, right? But I, I preemptively threw that smoke. And then my next order, I moved. Still wasn't in line of fire. Second move into the smoke, thinking I'm safe. Nope. Viral ri- or viral sniper rifle popped. I think it was McMurrow. Just, like, gone instantly. And it's like, wow, that was that was the the one of the two most memorable times I've ever been really Schemes. punished. <laughs> yeah, by by hollow schemers. Um, My friends got so sick of me going schemers. <laughs> I had to quit playing that faction. <laughs> oh man! All right, so uh, next we've got the 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 semifinal or yeah the semifinals, the Knight of Justice against the Asuera, and. My money is on probably. This is the, the Crusades, right? I mean, we gotta we gotta roll it again, right? We gotta roll because uh, I still want Knight of Justice to get this, right? Sorry, yeah, let's roll for initiative because the Asuera's got Berserk. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so the Knight of Justice is one lower, so Asuera will be red, right? So we're looking for um, thirteen on 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 black, black and, and fourteen, 14 on, red. on red. Uh, so black fails with the 15 and red gets it with the 12. So the ask where is going up first. So, all right. Does they both have DACCWs? Yep. Does the ask where are berserk? I think so. Yeah. Well, okay. Let me think if you berserk, you're getting hit back. What damage 15 DA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the worst case scenario is Asuera takes two wounds and then regenerates. Best case scenario is the knight takes two wounds and doesn't regenerate. I mean, I would berserk. You would berserk? Yeah. I mean, you go to 26. Yeah, otherwise it's a straight dice roll, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could crit him. Yeah, I would I would berserk, but I, yeah, I definitely wouldn't berserk if I was wounded. Let's let's go with the berserking Asuera. You've got that alpha strike. I mean, I mean, I think, I think what you should do is you should face to face now, and then when the knight is on one wound, then you berserk. But you but, might also be on one wound then. Right. Well, you only do it if you're on two wounds. But all right, fair enough. Everybody seems, everybody seems to want the Asuera to berserk. So let's let's do the thing. I think we're berserking. All right, sounds good. So we're looking for a twenty-six on red and a twenty-three on black. Is it twenty-nine? No, yeah, because uh, yep, they both have the thing. thing. Yeah, twenty six. Okay, so uh, the Asuera definitely crits with a nineteen, and the Knight of Justice yep. does not crit on a twelve. 
So, All right, so crit versus hit. Yep. So that's three saves for the Knight of Justice. Um, yep. That's just Fizz 14 because we don't have our martial arts bonus. So we're looking for uh, 10s, I believe. That sounds right. Okay. Looking for 10s. Uh, we got a 7, a 6, and a 12. So the Knight of Justice is down for the count. Okay. okay. Let's see what happens to the Asawira. The Asawira does take a DA hit. Right? Yeah, that's true. So this is uh, Fizz 14 versus Armor 4. So we're looking for 11. This could be our first ever rematch. Could be. Uh, it is our first ever rematch because I rolled a 3 oh, to 4. It's not. We still have regen. We still oh, have that's regen. Right. That's right. So here goes the Asawira's regen looking for oh. a 14. There it is. Crit on a 14. There's the 14. <laughs> All right. Does John have different dice? <laughs> These red dice are just... Wow. That was... Uh, I mean, Asperger's are amazing. They are pretty darn good. So this is a this is an interesting, scary fight we've got up next. The Oniwaban versus the Bakunin. Yeah, that's... So, the that's uh, the Uberfall fight. So the only Wallon really wants this initiative, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> but this is even his chance, with, even with initiative, he's only swinging on twenty ones because that CC negative three from the Chimera. Mm-hmm. Chimera. Uh, but uh, they're tied on twenty one. Yeah, he has surprise attack. Yeah, do it. All right. So whip fourteen. Uh, obviously, Odin Waban's black. And I, th- and I think yeah, and I think the Odin Waban uses the EM this time. Uh, the uh, it's they're totally uh, totally immune. So it, it, oh, that's right. Uh, but you should you should still do that. Be- oh, actually no, the fizz is still twelve. So it is totally irrelevant. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Looking for fourteens on black or twelve on red. Uh, okay. So Odin Waban does get surprise attack with the seven. I should probably do the thing. The camera. Oh, there we go. Okay. So it does get a seven uh, to the overflows right. five. So let us uh, do the thing. Okay, great. So now um, they're both on 21s. Yep. Okay. So red is Uberfall. Okay. So there's a crit from the only Waban on a 20. Yep. Uh, and that's all that matters. No crit from the no crit from the Uberfall. Yep. So two saves. Looking for thirteens. Sweep the leg. Sweep the leg. Seven and a twelve. Not good enough. Uberfall goes down. Wow. Yeah. So I think this is again one of those fights where a lot of people expected the uh, the Uberfall to sweep everything, but CC is so swingy in Infinity that you know rolling just a couple rounds of it, you have no idea what's really going to happen. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'd also like to point out that because I mocked. John's dice and put them into question. They started to feel bad. Yeah, like, right. oh, we're going too hard. And then they switched the opposite to make it seem like they're not trying to throw this whole thing. That that makes sense. That mm-hmm. makes sense. That's tracking. Yeah. That is scientifically accurate. Wide body of research so, supporting this. So this is a this is a matchup that. So I thought you know thinking I thought the 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 uh, Uberfall Commando would take on the Asawira coming up here, mm-hmm. and where I would give the edge to the Asawira. But now the Oni like deletes all of the you know, a lot of the benefits that the Asura has. That's right. Right. So like, let's bring up those profiles because the 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 Asura can't berserk now. You can't berserk and eat a monofilament close combat no, weapon. Nope. Mm, nope. Like that's just not that's not going to cut it. Depends. So, what color are the Asura's dice? Are they red or black? You get to choose. <laughs> yeah, which, which would you like? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 
Um, but you're absolutely correct. Yeah, and and you know, they're they're both you know similarly cost mid or low to mid thirties. Um, oh, this is interesting. Although you could, I mean, I don't know. You could still berserk as the Asuera. That would be risky as hell. But you'd have a high chance of taking I out. I mean, the so here's the other thing that you you could consider, right? I guess if you EM the Asuera successfully, I guess you are trimming through BTS nine to get that done. I guess you mono. Never mind. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say that you're stuck resetting against the Oniwabon. Yeah, right. Like the BTS nine is what was giving me hope against the uh, against the Uberfall. Yeah, but against the Oniwabon, yeah, that's irrelevant. Yeah, you don't want it. You don't want to like what your Fizz twelve minus nine. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. You need to. You need to EM him or you need to mono him. All right. So let's roll that initiative. Let's see if the Oniwabon gets surprised. So uh, fourteen. Uh, okay. So who will it pick the dice? Who's red? Asawir's red. Asawir's red. Needs all so the help he can get. Everybody's looking for 14s. Asawir's red. Uh, Asawir gets it on a 12 to the only one on 11. You're welcome. You're welcome, buddy. Okay. Okay. So, no surprise attack. No surprise attack. Everybody's on flat. So only one looking for 24 versus the Asawir's 23. Yeah. Yep. All right. Here we go. Ooh, dear. Oh. <laughs> So that is a uh, 15 on the Asuera versus a one on the Oniwaban, right? So the pluses ouch. don't matter. No crits. Oniwaban's going to make a save. Uh, that's two saves uh, against what? That's Fizz 14 DA yep. versus Arm 1. So looking for 14s. Oniwaban, here we go. Dan. Brutal. This is it for you. Oh, three to 16. Almost had it. Almost had it. Well, that's it, folks. <laughs> so the Asuera is the, the king of the minor leagues. Yep. That is an amazing upset. I just uh, don't even think anybody in their life was just like, oh, yeah, the Asuera is going to take this one. Well, it's, yeah, the, right? it's Regen. Regen pulled him out of the gutter. Well, yeah, it, it saved, his, saved his ass against the bear. Yep. So I also have an Asuera story. Um, years ago, one of the only times that I ever beat Myomer Lewis mm-hmm. was in a game we were playing where he had his Asawira uh, link team all inside this, like all covering up this whole building. And they're all basically prone. Sure. And I was like, can anyone see this? He's like, no. So I ran, I was like a car company. So I ran my ninja hacker through this door of the building that he was all posted up on. He didn't see the door because it was on the opposite side of the building facing away from him. So I just ran right inside and hid inside and then just kept on hacking his guys. He just spent all this time trying to get out of the hack. He couldn't get unhacked. And every time he'd reset, I'd hack him back and he'd get isolated and all the, or immobilized. And I kept on doing it the whole time. Just, he spent like a whole term just like zeroed in on that. And uh, I feel it's not my proudest moment, but it felt pretty good. So take that, Asawiras. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it down a peg. I mean, Asawiras are they're one of those units that I probably take in um, in most of my Hogslam lists. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're just so good. They do everything. You know, they're they're amazing in close combat. They're good at shooting. You can take an Asawiras Spitfire. It's not yeah. really any worse in close combat. Mm-hmm. Um, does the Spitfire still get the... Uh, yeah, Spit, oh, Spitfire's down to... It's a shock CC weapon, but an AP Spitfire. 
Yeah, that's pretty good. Like this, is back at, uh, this is back in N3, though, our round. Um, his Asawiras. Mm. Gotcha, gotcha. Getting, yeah. their, getting their Asawiras immobilized. They definitely got a, a bit of love this edition. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And they were good back and then. Got... They're amazing now. And yeah, and it, and it could have been different with the, the bear pode. Um, but I, that was a... Uh... Could have been. Wasn't. <laughs> Um, and that could have been a, a rough fight all the way to the top, I think, though. Yeah. Even then, the, the pup, I still think the, uh, the public might have, or the, the camera might have had her way with it. Um, mm-hmm. so I think next time we do this, we should, uh, maybe let the, the Patreon members vote on the bracket. There we go. Yeah. Let yeah, them decide. Everyone's always like, why didn't you include this? Why didn't yeah, you include right? that? Yeah, right. Like, I'm all tired right. of hearing that. You make it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. There, there's Wash all these my hands of this. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why I didn't pick X is because if we didn't pick X, then something I did pick to people like, well, okay, we didn't pick an Oni Waban. And it's yeah, like, right. Well, okay, fine. I mean, Oni Waban are really good. Almost won it. <laughs> One of my friends would constantly hound me about why didn't we pick Caden, the, the oh, Ariadna gosh. guy. And I was like, because he's lame. There's your answer. <laughs> I mean, Caden, so Caden is good. Um, he's very good, but he's not surprisingly not at the uh, the top of the list. Yeah. But well, hey, I mean, I mean, clearly we just need to leave it in the hand of the uh, the audience, right? Yes, the wise, beautiful, and handsome patreons. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it is there is a t- an AP T two CC weapon, so sure, if people vote him in next time, we'll happily throw him in. There's just so many good. What's funny is that uh, we've put. T- I mean, we've done this, what, three times now? So we've thrown 24 good close combat characters at each other. And um, there's still plenty more to pick from. That's right. I mean, really, this is just a forge the narrative simulator. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Um, You know, in 90% of these situations, the correct answer was, why did you get into close combat with something that's really good in close combat? (laughs) You 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 should just shoot it. Problem you should be beating up nerds, not taking their lunch money, not beating up bullies. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it is pretty fun just to see really how wildly unpredictable uh, close combat is. Mm-hmm. So, well, there you go. Asware up. They're good. Really quick. D. Yeah. person named D. Fox says, if you allow coup de gras, things would have been different. I fe- I'm pretty certain that. No, he is correct. Because yeah. then the bear pod was dogged. The bear pod was dogged, so you can spend another order to smush the, uh, smush the assware and keep going. Yeah, he good? still would have died though. Yeah, Furic victory. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then what? We'd have to do it all over again. Not gonna. People can vote in the bear pod again. I don't care. <laughs> what yeah. do next? Yeah, right. I mean, you can you, if you it. feel strongly about this, you can just vote the same bracket again. Oh, you know what we could do? Yeah. I'm just thinking, because that would give us four rounds. We could then do a tournament of champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I, I think that's that has to happen now, because I'm not going to wait long enough for us to do this eight times, honestly. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, all right, before we take off, John, I think you, uh, I think you played some games. It's true. I did. Uh, so, long story short, my sister and her boyfriend were in town. 
uh, for the holidays. Uh, and we played, you know, the normal board game stuff like Ticket to Ride and all that stuff. It was a great time. Uh, and then I busted the shrink wrap on Calico, which is a game mm. recommended to oh. us by Calvin Wong, if you remember that episode about Netrunner yeah. many episodes ago. Um, so, yeah, I, I really, really liked it. Uh, so basically, Calico is a game uh, about making quilts to attract cats. Adorable. Not a huge fan of the theme, but it is a mind-bendingly uh, difficult game. So basically, really? yeah, it is It is intense. So let me give you the lowdown, right? So here is here is your player board. And basically the deal is you have 22 spaces to put a, uh, a quilt hex, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and each hex is one of six colors or one of six patterns and all the possible permutations thereof. Right. So you can have this like purple, uh, if you look at the, all the way on the right, you can have like the purple, like flowery leafy thing, or you can have like blue polka, polka dots or whatever. Um, so you basically, it's a drafting system. So there's three things in, uh, in the, the market. you, you grab one and then you replace it from uh, a random draw from a bag. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you just go around the, the table. So, um, there are, are three primary ways to collect points. Uh, I'll explain the easy ones first. Uh, the uh, one is if you just have a set of three colors that are adjacent, you get three points. That's it. So if you got three purple hexes touching, that's three points. Uh, and then there's these these cats. So the cats are attracted to patterns. So for example, these are uh, the easiest cats possible. And you can see on the left there, this Millie, who uh, you can permute the patterns between them, right? You just randomly draw and select them. So like the lines, uh, if you have three adjacent lines, then Millie will be attracted and you get three points. Uh, or if you have, uh, all the way on the right, if you have those like that flowery thing, uh, coconut, if you have five of those flower things or or uh, uh, a bunch of those like plus sign shaped things, uh, you get seven points. And then there are more difficult cats where the you can't just be adjacent, you have to be in a particular geometric configuration, like maybe a line or a triangle oh. or whatever, right? So, so basically, uh, you get you, you get what are called buttons for colors, right? So there's a you can see kind of in the bottom of this picture, there's the banana shaped button for yellow and a flowery thing for pink, and then there's a there's a green one for a uh, leaf one for green. So each each set of colors you make gets you three points, and then uh, the more complicated pattern thing you make, uh, a cat shows up and you get some points for that. Then the real thing that you get a lot of points from is this. So uh, you'll, you'll, you may have noticed here, there, there's these three specially marked tiles. Those mm -hmm. tiles, you have to have a goal uh, put in those tiles, which is randomly selected at the beginning of the game. Um, and there's, like, there's a small set of them. So it's not like you have to memorize a whole bunch of things. But basically, this is the deal. So you see here, there's uh, a hex in the middle, which means it can be adjacent to six other things. And this is an AABBCC hex, which means you have to have uh, three two-of-a-kinds. Okay, mm. so this here is three two-of-a-kind patterns. So you've got two lines, two polka dots, and two flowers, right? And if you, if you successfully do that, you get seven points. You can also do that with colors. Mm. So if you have two blues, two purples, and two greens, that's also seven points. However, if you have two-of-a-kind of everything, that gets you 11 points, right? Mm. So if you, have, if you have two blue stripes, two purple flowers, and two green polka dots, that's... 11 yeah. points. And of course, you can you can shift that so you have like a green and, and a, a yellow polka dot and then some green yellow somewhere else. So um, it all sounds fine, but then you realize that like here, 
like the the two rightmost uh, objective tiles border each other with two tiles. So whatever you put in there has to work for both of them. And the same is true for the leftmost, where one tile is adjacent and it has to work for both of them. And then if you also want to get the cat tiles, especially ones where you have a geometric requirement, that also forces constraints because you may have a line that like runs through, you know, your 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 collection of six hexes. So it just gets like you you end up all this like very tightly interwoven uh, uh, constraint satisfaction. Uh, and then to add another layer of, uh, of of complexity, the tiles that are visible in the frame of the player board also function as tiles. So they can they can okay. give you colors, they can give you patterns for the cats and buttons. Uh, and so on, and and it just it just creates this like, and then on top of that, you have the uh, the the person to your right may have just taken the piece you needed, and mm. you are very angry at them <laughs> because they have they have ruined everything. Sure, sure. Um, and the best part about this is that your sister said that she's in the chat, a rogue unicorn. Yep. And she said that she's playing solo right now, so she's getting her reps in. She is getting ready. her reps in. Oh. She for is, Christmas Eve, yep. she's gonna be like, "Hey, want to play Calico?" And she's like, Ugh. "Yeah, she's she's she is uh, she is definitely way better than I am." Uh, <laughs> and then and then we brought in a ringer uh, from from uh, 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 we have a couple friend, uh, my wife and I, and um, so we brought in we brought them in, and uh, the guy and my sister's boyfriend teamed up, and they both got and together they got seventy two points, but my buddy's wife got 70 points as well. So I just wanted on record that the two of them combined were only barely able to match her. And then my sister and I came in uh, third and fourth respectively. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was a good time. I, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, and in the rules of the game, and this is incredibly re relevant, uh, you are required to do the following when you win. So the, I think the second game we played, um, her boyfriend won. Uh, and you are required to take a picture with the master quilter badge and upload it to the internet. So we have done so. Uh, yep, that's the thing. Oh, um, sad face. That's fun. I didn't know she was. So everyone's in town. I thought it was just your folks. Yeah, yeah, no, she came in too. Oh, cool. Yeah. Love to hang out. <laughs> right. All right. Well, that was uh, that was fun. I played a game. Oh, yeah, you did. yeah, tell us all about the oh, game. Yeah. Oh, so uh, it'll be pretty quick because uh, first I played uh, Infinity against Zach Mayhew. Do you mm. guys know Zach? Mm -hmm. um, Zach is actually the guy who got me into playing Infinity oh. uh, all those years ago. And that's when I was I was playing War Machine at the time. And I spent like an evening hanging out with those guys. And Zach made me laugh so hard that my back hurt. And then I was like, "This, these are the guys I want to hang out with. And I've been hanging out with them ever since. Amazing. And I beat him. That felt good. We played Power Pack, which is mm. my favorite mission. His favorite is Biotech War. Uh, but we're not going to get into that because what instead that, I want to talk about... What's about a person? Uh, <laughs> we're demented. Um, but I want to talk about that. I want to talk about Shulin. Have you ever heard of Shulin? Shulin. No. Yeah. All right. No. Um, Joe, you guys are going to Google it. It's S-J-O-E-L-E-N. So last week I went on the MayaCast podcast at Tom's house and in the middle of his table or in the middle of his house he has uh first of all he has like a golden tea video game console oh sure like, why, like why the not? whole 
whole thing for playing Golden okay. Tee, because uh, that's like their favorite game to play uh, after game night. Uh, so he bought one of those, and then he also got this shuffleboard game. And the way it works is you have these little wooden pucks on this big, long board, and they're little slots, okay? And each slot yeah. says like one, two, three, four, five. So there's all these little slots. And you have to uh, all your little pucks down in there. Uh, and your goal is not necessarily to get them all into the five. All right, there we go. Your goal is not to get them into the big number. Here we go. It's four. So your goal is not to get into the go. four slot. Your goal is to get one into each. One, oh. four, the three, and the two. So look into this person's score. They've got one, two, three, four, at least in each set. That's that's a set. You want to create those sets. They're worth more points. This has a very complicated scoring system. It's apparently from uh, Sweden. It's Dutch, I believe. Dutch. There we go. It's from it's from the Netherlands. And so um, <clears throat> Tom and his wife, who both work from home, during their lunch breaks, they'll they play and they keep track of their score. They have like this whole score thing. The other thing about this game is that once you've done it a whole bunch of times, and I, I got some in and I had a whole bunch not in, mm -hmm. they're like, great, now you have to do it two more times with your leftovers. You have to keep doing it. And then that's what you how you get your final score. Mm. Um, and that was really fun. And it was really funny too, because I was like, where'd you get this? He's like, oh, we got it imported and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, good. Well, I'm glad I didn't do the thing I was going to do, which was I was going to pick it up by the end and try to get them all in there. <laughs> and then I would get not allowed to touch Tom's toys anymore. Right. Uninvited. Yeah. So I don't want that. So I, at least I asked first before I was an asshole about it. But uh, yeah, it's a really oh. fun game. You sit there and you go. And yeah, nothing's more annoying than that one guy right there. The one sticking out. And you're just like, oh, yeah, I can get him. And then you go for it and you block the way and you got a whole bunch blocking the way. And you're just like, oh, come on, guys, get is into the, the hole. Uh, is the board like lubricated with sand kind of the way shuffleboard is or not really? No, okay. no. It's just uh, glossy. Mm -hmm. um, it was very nice. Like it was a it was a very nice. Huh. Wooden there there table. are some like really nice graphics of this. Yeah, it's pretty fun. There's also um, there's also and, this delightful cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. perfect. I mean that's that sums up the game. Here, there you see me trying to play, and then Tom judging me, yeah. and also <laughs> wearing a toupee. Yes, a Trump toupee that he found, and he is judging me. That mocking smile, as I miss again. Ugh. People awesome. seem to be enjoying themselves. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, this is all of us after playing Infinity at the old folks' home. Yeah. Right. We Excellent. played Power Pack. Sure, Grandpa. <laughs> sure. Back in my day, it was N four. Well, it's N twenty three now, Grandpa. <laughs> Carlos Bostri is a robot. Greetings. <laughs> <laughs> lovely, lovely, Glorious. lovely, <laughs> lovely. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> well, you've wasted another perfectly good evening listening to late night war games. All right, John, talk us out. All right, remember to write into mailbag at latenightwargames.com with questions, comments, fan mail, uh, and of course, this is specifically for Adam pictures of your feet. 
Um, so you can do that thing. Uh, if you one taker, I might, I might, I might remove that from the notes when right. that happens. Uh, if you like what we do, you can support us on Patreon and uh, help do things like buy a new power supply when one dies. That happened, and it crashed like two streams ago. Anyway, yeah. that was the thing that was exciting. Uh, not very fun to debug <laughs> the stream. Um, but anyway, yeah, so you can do that thing, become a late-night wargamer, uh, help us out uh, buy, buy your equipment and stuff, um, and do that thing. Uh, we are here every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Pacific. Um uh, we have shows on Monday and Wednesday, same time slot. Uh, and then, of course, we've got the lovely uh, uh, Tabletop Throwdown on Sundays, um, which is Tim and Clint doing commentated Infinity Games. And then if you want uh, sculpting, it's Monday with Obi, and then painting is Wednesday with Frank. Of course, everybody's on like holiday schedule right now, so that may shift. Yeah, and actually, then, yeah. Frank was saying something about this week. He might actually uh, play a TTS game of Heavy Gear. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's the thing. That'll be exciting. Stream, stream, yeah. stream away, Frank. Uh, and then we've got uh, we've got Paul uh, doing Moonstone Mayhem occasionally on Wednesdays, which has been a lot of fun. Uh, and that is uh, something you should check out if you're into that game. And it's a really cool game because it's got fairies and goblins and all kind of jazz and Doug the Flatulent, which is a thing that you should thoroughly investigate. So good. Um, one yeah. one of one of many games we should be playing more, John. Yes, it's very true. Jovi Morris <laughs> has completely consumed my life. It's kind of awesome. Yeah. Um, Next up, we'll do a Heavy Gear episode to round out the year, uh, and then we'll talk about that next week. And of course, a uh, special thank you to all of those of you who are already supporting us. Once the year rolls over, we will be sending out our your minis from Q4 of 2021. Sweet prizes. Those are things that are happening. Uh, and then, of course, thank you to our sponsors, DreamPod9, Mythic Games, Corvus Belly, Board and & Brew, and Brutal Cities. Um, just what? a final plug for... For well, it's Kickstarter, right? Aeon Volume mm -hmm. Two. Aeon Volume Two. It is more, more everything, and uh, <laughs> more words, more pages, more weird. Yep, it's good stuff. This guy, this guy could be on your bookshelf, right there. <laughs> Freaking screen love the screen cap. This, this is the thing. Excellent. Oh, I screen love that guy. And then, and then sell it as an NFT. Boom. That's hey. yes. Yes, that will make us tens of dollars. Tens of dollars. <laughs> when, when is the when is the the NFT version of your artwork going to be a Kickstarter reward? Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Well, first I need to understand what an NFT is. Nobody then, understands what an NFT is. It's fine. People are still buying them. Yeah, then I'd then I'd make it. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I don't want to do that. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> it's work. Yeah, more work. All right, well, be sure to catch us on Facebook, YouTube, anywhere that you get your, yeah, you your podcast. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Words. I've only said them 87 times. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating on iTunes and follow us on Twitch and YouTube. And all of this helps us bring you the best content that we possibly can. All right, everybody. Stay safe out there, and we will see you next week. Good night. Won't you play games with me? And I like to do everyone. That's what I like to do. That's what I like to do. That's what I really like to do. That's what I really like to do.